So there's a problem in the industry, and I believe this is one of the root problems. Of course, over the last decades, there were incredible innovations implemented in some niches of construction. But the problem is that the majority of those solutions, they are targeting very, very narrow niche of people, specifically. Welcome to the Construction Disruption Podcast, where we uncover the future of building and remodeling. I'm Todd Miller of Isaiah Industries, manufacturer of specialty metal roofing and other building materials. Today, my co-host is Seth Heckeman. How are you doing today, Mr. Heckeman? Doing well. How are you? Doing well also. So you kind of orchestrated a big announcement here at Isaiah Industries this week. Care to uh, tell us what's going on? We did have a big announcement. So we we announced our dates for the 2023 Metal Roofing Summit. So that's the event that our team puts on every spring, bringing together the leading residential metal roofing companies from across the country, along with those companies that are interested in potentially adding uh, metal roofing to their businesses for a great week you know, not full week, few days of networking, training, bringing in, you know, just great speakers who are experts in our industry on sales, marketing, leadership, trying to keep everyone on the leading edge and, and bringing everyone together to be more successful. So that is going to be April 25th through the 27th here in Dayton, Ohio. So very excited about that. Uh, we have a great uh, lineup of speakers already established. You are going to be joining us on the agenda to talk about the customer experience along with some other names people will recognize like uh, Rick McIntyre, Frank Farmer, Jim Johnson, uh, Megan Beattie, and and more. So really, really excited. We have great partners and sponsorships as well. Uh, it's going to be a great few days. Well, certainly last year, you and Ryan and Ethan and other members of our team put together a great event. So uh, looking forward to pulling it off again. And Always great to have that opportunity to kind of meet firsthand with a lot of our customers and a lot of new folks who we don't know and uh, introduce them to this uh, great world that we're a part of. So looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's going to be April 25th through the 27th. And anyone who wants to learn more can go to the metalroofingsummit.com, metalroofingsummit.com. Great. Thank you. Shameless plug. Well, welcome again to Construction Disruption. I'm very excited about our guest today. Uh, Today, our guest is Maria Koklova. Maria is co-founder and chief product officer of Trace Air, based in Northern California. Maria has a PhD in laser physics, and through Trace Air, they help land developers, home builders, contractors, and others with user-friendly software that improves worksite management and process design. Trace Air helps to keep projects on schedule, if not ahead of schedule, by allowing 3D topographical scans at any point during a construction project. This facilitates fast decisions as well as better communication uh, amongst the workforce and also collaboration. Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Sure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited. Hi. (laughs) Very good. Well, to get us started, can you share a bit with the audience about your background as well as the need you saw out there that prompted you to start uh, Trace Air? 
Right. Well, that's a weird story because uh, <laughs> my background has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with construction initially. Wow. And it's a weird way how how we came up with Tracer. So my background is physics. So I was in academia for a while. I Well, after I finished uh, university back in Russia, in Moscow, uh, it's a very strong school. And I was fascinated to continue working in science, specifically in laser physics. I had a very strong and enthusiastic uh, laboratory and the team that worked with me. And so I've been in science for some time. And then over time, after my PhD was over, I figured out that I'm kind of in need of transition to somewhere where I can feel the actual impact uh, of my efforts a little quicker, just a little bit. (laughs) And that felt very, very naturally that I started to transition into IT entrepreneurship. So basically, I had, I created together with my husband, actually, which is funny, the uh, company, the software development company. It's just a traditional studio where basically I was the one, you know, like the manager of the whole team. It was a small team. And I was in charge of finding the clients and then articulating their needs and pains to the development team and designers team to come up with solutions. Back then, I didn't know that this role is has a fancy name, which is a product manager or how you would call it. Um, I didn't know that, but it was new to me. But I realized that it's really fun to really deep, make deep dives into different businesses, understand where really pains are, because sometimes people, when they talk about their day-to-day and their problems, that's not really what they need, right? It's sometimes what they want. And digging into that puzzle and figuring out what they really need and come up with a solution, tech-enable solution, it was really, really a lot of fun. So I've been doing that for a while. And uh, my husband, he's an entrepreneur, and he started to look into drone industry back in 2014, 15. So the drone industry was kind of picking up that time, uh, emerging, and there were so many industries where it started to land. So he was curious about what direction it could go. And we were pretty much sharing the same office, same resources. So I was merged into this activity. And at that time, we figured that, well, construction is definitely one of the big industries where drone technology would make a big impact. So it was just apparent that there is a low-hanging fruit there. There is lack of transparency. There is lack of uh, polished processes in many ways. And drones can help. And so he started the company and I quickly joined with the development team together and we kind of merged uh, those businesses and we have uh, three other, two other co-founders together, we have four in Tracer. And we fall in love with construction very quickly. So we all are engineers, like geeky, nerdy uh, engineers coming from physics or mechanics, you know, things like that. And it became apparent that many of the construction challenges could be you know, simplified in a sense that you just add technology there and something can become significantly easier and smoother. So we just realized we love those things because it's really great to contribute to the basic technology that serves people. It's not, it's not like, I don't want to kind of make uh, bad comments here, but for example, making a new iPhone, it's, well, it's a marginal improvement to people's life, but construction, it is something like we all live in specific structures right in physical environments we as humans we need that so that's the basic technology around us and it's such a bummer that in many cases it's not equipped by 
technology and things that can improve the process significantly. So it's it's very exciting and lovely to be a part, you know, of construction in general and be and contribute to this improvement. Well, that's great to have the backstory as far as, you know, how Trace Air came to be. Can you give our audience an overview of, of what Trace Air does? Well, high level, uh, Trace Air was founded with the mission to automate construction. Again, reminders, you're, you're talking to geeky nerds who decided, okay, well, uh, construction for some reason doesn't look like we imagine that in our virtual games, right? When you basically click the button and you see the progress bar, how some structure raises, right? In, in real life, it's significantly more complicated, a lot of steps. So the whole mission of the company is to automate and accelerate construction in general. So right now, Tracer uh, provides software and services to help right now to help home builders and their contractors accelerate the construction phase, especially right now, the focus is on the site work, which is basically grading, utilities, pavement, urban land improvements, as well as partially the vertical stage. So as a startup, of course, we have to focus uh, on specific geography, on specific stage, on specific niche. And with the overall mission, automating the whole thing right now, we are focusing specifically in the US, specifically in the home building industry, working specifically with the home owners, homeowners and big homeowners, the top ones, which basically build master plan communities across the US uh, and their contractors. And so we work directly with the major home builders and we let them share the access to our product with the whole project team. So basically the value can be received not only by our customers who pay us, but also their teams to enable and empower the whole project team on the construction job site. And the big thing about Tracer is that we provide the turnkey solution, which means it requires the minimal efforts from the customer to integrate that solution into the uh, business, because that's the major challenge for all innovative solutions, right? Is it's so hard to integrate them. It's expensive. And many people try to do that in-house and they struggle a lot because well, their day-to-day job site is to build, not to deal with techie stuff, right? So we decided, okay, we take on the service component as well, and we handle the service part of the business, not only the software part, but also what you need in order to integrate that into your business, which is specifically the drone work, right? Because our product is dependent on collection of the data with the drone. So what's happening is basically we hire the drone contractors all across the country. They come in every week, let's say. They fly the drone. They collect the data from the construction site. They install everything that's needed for that. And then uh, from there, we process the data. And then the customer, basically, they just get the email notification on their phone that you know the new scan is ready and they can log in and uh, start working with, uh, with the tools they need. So that's the turnkey solution that really helps our end users to get this value uh, with the minimal efforts on their side. So it, it gives your clients, you know, basically very close to real-time digital imagery and dimensions and elevations and site details on their project that allows them to make better decisions and probably communicate with each other better and, and uh, make the project run, I would assume, faster and, and smoother. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you just nailed it. So the idea is that 
we capture the reality and we capture it and deliver it to the customer quickly overnight. So if the drone captured the job site, let's say in the end of the working day, 4 p.m. on Thursday, Friday, 6 a.m., the team will already get that data available. And the whole product works as follows. We compare the reality as it is right now, the conditions of the job site right now, to the design, how it was designed to be. And it has all the very easy to use, very visual and intuitive tools to compare those two and uh, kind of see, okay, what's the next step? Evaluate, measure, assess the volumes, assess the uh, distances, and, th- and basically explain things that are usually hard to explain in construction, especially between different stakeholders. Let's say a superintendent, land development manager has to explain why on earth the budget grew twice for the last month to a finance guy, right? It's it's like two different universes, which you still have to elaborate, but you need tools for that. So yeah, the, the product helps, you know, addressing this communication gap a lot because it's visual. You basically see what's happening and you can compare it to the design as well as all the optimization tools. So basically, if you have I don't know, 1 million cubic yards to move from cut to fill in different areas. You have pretty significant terrain on your job site. It's quite challenging to understand what's the most efficient, cheapest, and quickest way to move the dirt across the job sites. So our optimization algorithms basically run math behind and suggest several options for the superintendent showing the basic numbers. Okay, these are three options, which are mathematically the most optimal for the equipment you have. You choose one, you give it to your operator, you execute on that, and most likely you would be the most efficient using that. Wow, you all are a bunch of geeks to get this all figured out. I'm impressed. (laughs) Very cool. So one of the statements on your website that just really kind of blew my mind, but yet I can see it, uh, is that labor productivity in construction has actually declined since 1968. And of course, that contrasts so much with other industries where productivity is just constantly getting better and improving. So you've kind of covered a little bit, but you know, just what are some of the ways you think Trace Air can help to bring some productivity improvements to construction? Yeah, yeah, totally. We were thinking about that tons, tons of time. And the root cause that we see, and this is something which we put on shield like this is our dna which we want which we try to execute on is so there's a problem in the industry and i believe this is one of the root problems being that well of course over the last decades there were incredible innovations implemented in some niches of construction especially in the engineering part in the design part a lot of things happening in project management as well But the problem is that the majority of those solutions, they are targeting very, very narrow niche of people, specifically, usually, you know, engineers, highly educated professionals in using software. So you would imagine, you know, highly, you need a lot of training and coaching to basically use those solutions, right? And that means that in the majority of cases, it's if you look at the project team, it's only 10% of this team, which is now equipped by tools and data for day-to-day uh, decisions and steps. The rest 90, basically, it's still the same. They have to rely on their expertise. And our favorite 
guesstimations, right? This is how it works right now. And so we've, we were thinking, okay, well, how to address that? How to enable and empower these 90% of people? In many cases, not tech savvy, people who are not used to use technology in their day-to-day because, well, they are building things with their hands every day. Like what, what software are you talking about, right? But still, there is a lot we can offer them if it would be easy enough, intuitive enough, integrated enough into their daily workflows. With this mind, uh, we were building our product that it has to be like minimal denominator in terms of tech savviness, and it has to be as powerful as you know many other products could be. But they have to target very, you know, laser focused targets to specific roles and cover this ninety percent of the team. So we have to enable and empower people who actually build, not only people who design. Not only people who who can spend hours in front of their powerful computers during the day to come up with a very good balanced decision. We need to empower a foreman who has to make a decision in five minutes standing in the dust of California hills or Colorado hills and figuring out, okay, do I still need three sets of scrapers here or do I need more because I won't fit into my schedule, right? So we need to target both, basically, uh, the whole team holistically. And I think this is where this aspect of visual approach is the key. So many solutions in the industry are coming from the aspect of numbers, spreadsheets, you know, nice UI in how the spreadsheets look like. But in fact, many, the most intuitive way for construction people is to look at maps, right? Like we're all used to look at plans at drawings, exhibits and maps. And it's visual because you can actually draw on that. You understand like this is what you see in reality and this is how it looks on the map. So based on map, you can actually manage your job site. You just need to empower your map. So Tracer is basically, it's a GIS system in a sense where you have several informational layers on top of your most recent visual representation of your job site. So you add on to that, you know, your civil drawings, you add on to that your sequencing you add on to that the ability to draw over that and share that easily with the other stakeholders. And it's not on paper where you basically need to, you know, uh, get together in the trailer to discuss that, but it can be done in any channel you want. It can be done through a text. You can just send the picture or it can be done through a Zoom call or, or again, you know, pulling up the screen for the joint meeting and showing specifically what you're talking about. So, yeah, building the tool for the people who actually build through visuals. That's that's how we see we can help. (laughs) That's such a wise perspective. And obviously your past experience with product coordination and working with clients and going through that needs analysis and really understanding that perspective is carried over well because, you know, we see it all the time too. you know, just a new tool for the sake of having a new new tool doesn't uh, necessarily help. And just having more data without a you know, a means to do anything uh, with it doesn't help too much either. So bringing that holistic perspective, um, it makes a lot of sense. And it's obvious how then it would equate to efficiency and profitability for your clients. But I'm sure they're seeing it as a competitive advantage when going out and procuring their own clients. That's a hard for word for me to say, and I'm a native <laughs> English speaker. Uh, anyway, so the, procuring new clients themselves, like that competitive advantage out in the marketplace, I would think. Is that is that what you're seeing? And do you have any specific stories along those lines? Sure, of course. So there were many stories we observed. Well, we started initially to work with contractors, specifically with grading contractors. 
in the US, which this market is very competitive, right? They like they have to struggle for for the bids. Uh, still, they have to keep the margins because you know the market overall is getting tighter and tighter for the contractors, right? It's many of them can't longer work because margins are too thin. So for contractors and the clients of ours who purchased that, they saw a massive ROI for them and like a competitive advantage in front of, of the others is, well, basically awareness of your risk, uh, which is measurable. The thing is that in construction, everyone who will tell you that we will get rid of your risk or reduce your risks in construction projects, that's nonsense because we all know that the risks they are sometimes not dependent on the project teams. They are sometimes coming from other directions, which you never know. But knowing about them, you can stop them sometimes, but you can be on top of them, right? So being on top of them and not reacting, but being proactive in terms of them, it's a big deal, especially for for contractors, right? And so for them, basically, what they can get is that they can start building faster with less rework. Because rework for them is additional costs, which they have to absorb on themselves. And faster means that, well, usually contractors, they own or rent equipment. So the utilization of their equipment is a big deal. So if they can finish up with specific project faster, that means they can put this equipment to another project and get more money there. Right. So, you know, staying too long on the project and reworking and not always getting the change order for that, that's that's a problem for them. Right. So. Things like moving dirt twice uh, for the grading contractor, it's a big deal, right? For example, they didn't have too much of a clarity of what their scope of grading looks like. But once they have trace air on a regular basis, their foreman, basically, and superintendent, they can strategize the tactics and strategy on how specifically move cut to fill with this design or the new upcoming design and kind of find the shortest whole routes and coordinate with upcoming utility contractors so that they can know who starts where and set up proper expectations with the owner. So these all arguments make the grading contractors more competitive because once they basically come to the owner and bid their own project, they say, you know, you're not only hiring an expert in the field, you're hiring an expert with radical transparency together because here is the solution that makes it's easier for you, dear owner, to understand what we are doing, how we are doing, what's our plan. You can coordinate your plans easier with that. There's transparency here, right? Less disputes. When we're doing our jobs, it's easier to quantify. This is how many cubic yards we've moved here and there. And those cubic yards are mathematically optimal because there are some algorithms that help us. Well, that argument is more applicable to hardcore grading jobs like heavy civil or just where you have a lot of cubic yards to move. But even if it's pretty much straightforward, this radical transparency aspect uh, makes them significantly more competitive in front of the owner's eyes. Radical transparency. I like that. (laughs) You know, it it seems like as, as I was first thinking about this, I could see the benefit to the property owner or property developer being just speed of project. But as you talk, I see that accuracy of project comes into play as well and making sure that sites are graded and done exactly as the engineer designed and developed it for proper runoff and everything that has to be done. So I see a lot of uh, benefits for the property developers. So I'm curious, you know, we talk a lot about the use of Trace Air in terms of site development. 
once the building is out of the ground, do you also see a place for your technology or does it kind of, do you kind of, you know, go off to the side once the project is, is actually being, being built? That's an interesting question. So as of now, while the major product of Tracer is tailored to the site work, the major value, of course, is during the site work. Still, we figured out that when it comes to big, massive master plan communities being built, when it comes to starting building homes, many customers organically just stay with us. And at first we were curious, like, why? <laughs> why do you stay? And uh, the answer is that there are still a lot of questions can, that can be addressed through the same product during the vertical stage. And they're not about management of internal uh, construction uh, of the houses, but rather the overall logistics of the whole project, the materials, the roofing part, the tracking part, which houses are already roofed or which houses are already, you know, landscape over is ready to sell. Of course, it's being tracked independently as well. But having this visual overall helps a lot. And what we figured is that majority of home builders, they start to lean towards it's better to have this visual representation of all of their job sites at the same time. doesn't matter whether they're in active site work stage or they're already in the vertical stage. Maybe the vertical part, we don't need those scans, let's say, as frequently. But having that visual, like this is how our community looks like right now. There are so many ways they start to use this information for in marketing and sales. So it's not necessarily already in construction, but it's already after how, how that information is being used. And this is basically what's in the current stage. And that's dependent on the sensors that we're using now being drones that fly over the job sites, right? So drones don't fly into the houses and don't scan it, but nothing stops. So the tool in general and the product was built a sensor agnostic in a sense. So it doesn't really matter what kind of sensor is collecting the data. At some point, once it's the, I don't know, 360 camera on the helmets of the superintendents going in the houses or different either other like lighters or any other sensors that come into the field that make it economical sense to integrate into the product, that's also possible. Very interesting. So as I, you know, as I think about this and I think about Tracer being used with large projects and, and site work and going beyond that, potentially even into the vertical stage. How are contractors, I mean, it sounds like Trace Air provides kind of a turnkey package. You even go out and do the drone work and everything. Are contractors finding it easy to adapt and use the technology? I mean, are they, you know, some technology, it seems like we spend so much time learning it that it ends up costing a lot even in that phase versus something that we can immediately use and benefit from. Uh, what are some of the comments even that you're hearing from your clients uh, and, and how easily and quickly are they able to use uh, the data you provide to them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is something we're really proud of. <laughs> oh, this, awesome. is our, this is the music to our souls because, well, answering your question, it is I will give you a couple of examples. So example from the home builders industry, right? There are different people working in those companies, right? As I, as I mentioned, there are more, there are people in the fields like land development managers. There are people who are mostly working in the office. There are corporate level uh, people. There are different kinds of personas, finance people. So 
pretty much pretty much the same period of the onboarding, which takes about you know a couple of weeks basically to to start playing with the software up to the level where you already understand the whole capacity and you use all of the tools and people pick it up very quickly. So the big thing here is that we do provide the trainings. It's part of our, we call it white glove service. So every time we kind of get a new customer, we take care of all of them and we create regular training meetings if they need. And the funny thing is that sometimes they don't really need that because it's it's very intuitive. So they register in the software and it's, again, these are maps. They're very familiar with maps. They're very particular specific things that are intuitive to them. Oh, I want to kind of compare compare this can to the signal drawing. Well, they do it all the time, just in a different way, right? Or I want to measure the distance here. Or I want to measure cut field balance, or I want to measure something else. And it's all positioned and labeled in the way that it's very intuitive. So they pick it up very quickly. And a lot of comments that uh, we're getting is that, yeah, that was super easy to use, like dead easy, they use, they say. <laughs> and this is one. And the thing here is that you don't need all of the project team to be heavy users of the tool so that as one person would already start to get benefit. You know, like all the project management tools, you really need everyone to stay on top of the tool so that each user would actually get the benefit because alternatively it won't work. Here in the in our solution, if only one person starts to use it, he already gets the benefit because it's not dependent on the on the others. The other example would be from grading contractors. So just as an example, one of our good old customers, which we love a lot, one of our first ones. So basically they have 90% of all of their field personnel being active weekly users of Tracer. So they have around 30 foremen grading foreman who are weekly using Tracer on all of their job sites. And this is something we are really proud of because it's just the you know music to my heart when we ran the interviews with them, like, how do you feel about it? What, how do you use it? Well, the first thing they mentioned is it was so easy. So I just got an email and started to use it right away. And that was mind-blowing to us as well. We tried hard to achieve that level, but this is the threshold, basically, we want to keep up so that it has to be very easy to use and easy to keep up. Very good. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, easy to see yeah, what type of solution you know, Trace Air can be for, uh, for folks in our industry. Being more efficient and more profitable always uh, ends up working out well for everybody. So it's just neat hearing your stories coming in into our industry, getting obviously incredibly passionate about uh, using your skill set and expertise to to make us better. I'm curious, what have you learned over that process of diving into construction and what advice would you have for someone, whether young or not, entering our industry fresh and and why should they choose to invest and get involved in construction? Well, I can only say from my perspective, which may not always be relevant for the professionals who kind of finish schools with the, you know, focus on construction. I, I didn't do that. But when I came to construction with fresh look, with fresh view, I think one of the most important key factors was, well, don't be scared to challenge everything. Because people in this industry are very are, are big experts. They know a lot and they can share a lot. Though the high level approaches and the way you know things are being done, it's not necessarily set in stone. And it's easier when you come with a fresh look to kind of like, why are you doing that? 
be surprised, right? But I think if you come from the perspective where you you've been studying that for six years in a row, right, and you were kind of adopting that as the statement of fact, it's harder to challenge things. Like why schedules are built this way? Why are we executing that this way? Why do we build our relationships? For example, why owners build relationships with contractors this way, not the other way? Why do we use these contracts instead of the others? Right? Like asking those questions with open mind, not really sticking to something that is really not set in stone. If you see that something can be improved, I think challenging things is quite helpful. (laughs) Very good. I'm curious if there are folks out there listening to this and they're thinking, goodness, how can I learn more or how can I possibly learn more and then bring this back uh, information back to my employer or something? What can they find on your website or what's the best way for them just to get some basic understanding that they can then bring back to others to uh, hopefully develop more clients for you folks? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, well, uh, we do our best to kind of share our insights and share the the great practices that our customers develop themselves and then share with us. So we really do our best in keeping up our blog on our uh, website. So tracer.net slash blog. Obviously, you can find it there. We really try to share as much as possible there, as well as we run webinars frequently where we basically invite our uh, lovely customers to share what they achieved. It's not necessarily about Tracer. It's about their problems and how they tackled it with different combination of tools and approaches, sometimes including Tracer, usually, <laughs> sometimes not. So we, we find it extremely helpful to invest into this sharing piece. So yes, please refer to our blogs and, and webinars. And also, we will be happy uh, to run uh, the demo for you. It's the thing that with anything that is visual, it's always easier to see it once rather than to kind of read about it or uh, listen to, to it, right? So feel free to book uh, the demos with us. There's there's a link on the website where our people will be happy to, to run the demo for you and really show how the product works and, you know, how, how Tracer can help. And that website is trace, T-R-A-C-E, air, A-I-R.com, correct? Dot .net, yes. yes. Dot .net, I love yes. what you said about those webinars and letting your customers tell the story. That is fascinating. And yeah, I, I want to tune into one of those. That'll be neat. We'll invite you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. You know, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up what we call the business end of things. And then we have our a little bit of a fun period after this. But Really enjoyed talking with you and learning. Is there anything we haven't covered yet that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, nothing specific. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talking uh, here and uh, discussing that with you guys. Happy to to share whatever comes up next. So I'm excited. Thank you. Very good. Well, before we close out, we do a little something here on construction disruption called our rapid fire questions. And these are seven questions um, that we would ask that might range from serious to silly. Um, All you have to do is provide an answer that comes to mind. And if you're up to the challenge, our audience understands that if Maria agrees to this, she she doesn't have a clue what we're going to ask. So I'm curious, (laughs) are, are you up to the challenge of rapid fire? Of course. Always. Very good. 
I'm glad to hear that. So Seth and I will alternate. Uh, do you want to go first, Seth? Sure. All right. Question number one. What is a favorite good childhood memory? Ooh, a mandarin. Oh, it's called tangerine on the Christmas tree. Ah, very neat. Oh, very cool. I'm tasting it already. <laughs> uh, next question. What is your favorite meal? Ooh, meal is, is hmm, I think mashed potatoes with, with a meatball. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's just so simple, but that's truly my favorite one. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Question number three, place you'd like to visit someday. I really want to visit Japan. I've never been more to the east than uh, Irkutsk, which is the Baikal uh, lake in, in Russia. So I've never been anywhere more east than there. So I want to be in Japan. Very neat. Seth and I had the opportunity several years ago to visit Japan together and uh, we do some business there and have some customers there. And uh, I'm anxious, really want to go back someday. It's, uh, it's a yeah. beautiful country, wonderful people. Uh, and I'd, I'd love to go back someday. So I wish you luck on that. Thank you. I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What would you like to be remembered for at the end of your days? And you have lots of days ahead of you, but what would you like to be rem remembered for? Kindness. Ah, oh, I love that. <laughs> we should all we should all be right there. That's for sure. Fantastic. Next question: If you had to be a dog or a cat, which would you be? Oh, a dog. <laughs> oh, a dog. No brainer. Just an over. That was that was the easiest. Come on, guys. That, <laughs> that is the overwhelming answer. But there's been a few cats in there, but most mostly dogs. Okay, next to last question. Is there any crazy or risky activity you'd like to try someday? Maybe jumping out of a plane or something. Anything you'd like to do? It's hard because I tried so many. Have I you really? Flew, wow. I flew paragliding. I run, drove motorcycles. So, yeah, it's, well, probably bungee jumping is something I never tried. Not necessarily I want to. <laughs> but, well, bungee jumping in japan maybe you can try that yeah well in that combo i would probably agree yes <laughs> very good last question what is your favorite type of music i think i like rock the most yeah but i appreciate different different kinds of music and i really appreciate when people educate me on that because i really don't have time to to learn more about it so good advice is really much appreciated <laughs> i hear you well maria thank you so much you survived rapid fire so congratulations you survived with flying <laughs> colors um this has been a pleasure i'm i'm really fascinated by what tracer is doing I, mean, I had no idea that this technology was being developed and it just seems so beneficial so i'm fascinated and want to learn more as well so for folks in our audience who would like to learn more or maybe want to get in touch with you, I know you're on LinkedIn, but uh, how can they best reach you? Yeah, well, LinkedIn probably is the easiest one. I'm now based in Seattle, so we moved from Northern California. I'm now in Seattle. But so, yeah, if you guys in Seattle, let's meet for coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seattle is very good about coffee uh, yes, compared to Northern California. So, yeah, yeah. 
please feel free to reach me out on LinkedIn, of course. And yeah, again, if you want to know more about our product, I think even better if you just book the demo and we'll be really happy to share what we can help with. Sounds good. Traceair.net. Very good. Well, thank you again, Maria. This has been a pleasure. And I thank our audience for tuning into this episode of Construction Disruption with Maria Koklova with Trace Air. Please watch for future episodes of our podcast. We always have great guests here on the show. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or YouTube. Um, Until the next episode, change the world for someone. Make them smile. Be kind. Be nice. Encourage others. Powerful things we can do to change the world one interaction at a time. God bless. Take care. This is Isaiah Industries signing off. Until the next episode of Construction Disruption. 